Well, the Gonzaga Bulldogs have definitely stepped into the west side of the state of Washington to recruit in the past. It looks like they're trying to do so again with four-star guard Zoom Diallo from Tacoma, Washington, is going to take an unofficial visit. We're going to talk all about that with Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I would also like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thrilled again to be joined today by Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated. Want to talk about the latest player the Zags are targeting. This is another class of 2024, kid. They are moving on to that class. We haven't seen a ton more attention in the class of 2023. Lots of guys they're looking at for the future. Uh, this next guy is Zoom Diallo. He is from Curtis High School in Tacoma, a name that I know a lot of Gonzaga fans have kind of heard floating around for the last couple of years. Of course, a local kid. Um First question for you. He's got an unofficial visit to Spokane on September 9th, Jason. I'm kind of curious just what kind of player Zoom is and kind of what you've seen out of him so far out on the circuit. Yeah, true point guard. Um, great size. He's about 6'3", I think kind of even maybe even like 6'3 and a half. So great mm-hmm. size, able to look over the defense like a true quarterback. And he plays like that. Right? He's a guy who's uh, – he's going to really – pick you apart on the mm-hmm. offensive end but you know he's always got his head on the swivel eyes are up he's a guy who can throw to an area that's the kind mm-hmm. of eye he has um and so you know he <laughs> this summer he's gotten better with knocking the three-point shot down especially toward the latter part of the summer um mm-hmm. so he's added that which makes him obviously even more um dangerous on the offensive end but but he's mm-hmm. a true extension of the court the coach on the court at the risk of sounding cliche he's yeah He's a guy who's going to run the show, never mm-hmm. going to be sped up, um, going to play at his own pace. Um, but he can score, too. Like, he can get to the basket. Um, but he's always looking to pass. He's a guy who's, yeah. you know, they say pass first point guard. But he he's a guy who's going to always put his teammates in the best positions to score, which I think is a distinctive difference from being a pass first point guard. Right. Uh, he's the guy who's going to put you in an optimal position to do what you do best. That's the best way to put it. And so um, he had a big summer on the Under Armour circuit now coming off a state championship. So, um, yeah, he's a winner too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously a guy that um, you guys really want in the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny when you think about the the last most recent Gonzaga point guards. You talk about Andrew Nembhard, of course. You talk about Nolan Hickman, the current point guard. That that description could have been used for both of them. Yeah. They're not. Neither of them were elite outside shooters. We'll see if Nembhard or excuse me if Hickman kind of finds that shot. But they're great pick and roll guys. Great guys at, at kind of getting teammates the ball in a position to score. Does that make Gonzaga a, a particularly kind of noteworthy fit for for what Diallo can do on the court? Yeah, I mean, I think they're obviously selling that, you know, mm-hmm. to your point, right? Um, and I think, you know, the the thought is if we flood you with all these 
talented scoring options and versatile mm-hmm. playmakers, um, you would 100% thrive like mm-hmm. Andrew did and you right. know, all these other guys. And look at the success we've had in the past with guys like you. So it'll definitely mm-hmm. resonate, um, mm-hmm. you know, that messaging for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gonzaga is far from the only interested school here. It uh, looks like by my count of roughly 15 or so offers already yeah. out. Uh, most of the rest, most of the Pac-12, it looks like has an offer here. Uh, LSU, obviously USC, UCLA, Arizona. Uh, long ways away potentially here for a 2024 kid. I know obviously he's taken an unofficial visit to Gonzaga. Does it seem like this is a process that's that's going to take some time or, or is there are there some front runners here for, for Diallo? Yeah, I think it's going to be a little while. You know, it's it's tough to say. I was had this conversation earlier, mm-hmm. um, and it you know with the transfer portal, this is kind of the first end of summer going into fall period where mm-hmm. we're going to see how the portal is affecting uh, underclassmen, yeah. right? So because you know coaches are now the fresh message. The fresh message is hey, mm-hmm. you know, especially in that in his tier of play, not mm-hmm. no shade, but like he's not uh, mm-hmm. right now. He's not like a top 10, top 15 kid, sure. right? So um, with the, the 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 second tier, like the four-star tier kids, mm-hmm. the messaging from the coaches, I know this for a fact, mm-hmm. is, hey, you know, you want to secure your spot, you know, right. especially 24 and beyond. It's like, you want to secure your spot because, you know, we we going to get these transfers. Right. Until they change this rule, we hold yeah. out spots for these transfers, so don't lose yours. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I'm curious. You know, I think you know, it'll take a little while with him because he, you know, mm-hmm. his his stock is going up. Yeah, uh, especially toward the end, middle to the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, place like Gonzaga is like, hey man, you know, you want to come? We want yeah. you. Don't get passed over. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you think that messaging won't be happening in some form or fashion, <laughs> trust me, you're wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, wanted to talk about one more thing with Diallo specifically. Uh, he he participated in the crossover pro-am, which made a lot of headlines uh, over the last weekend. LeBron James was in Seattle. Jason Tatum was in Seattle. Yeah. Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro. It was a huge party less than a half mile from where I lived last year, which made me feel very, very hurt that I wasn't able to go yeah. this year. Uh, but it sounds like eh, a lot of people had some issues getting into that event. And of mm-hmm. course, there was some some slippery court issues. When you think about high schoolers who are participating in these events, like, do you think that it's the kind of thing like where the extra exposure is really helpful for them? Or is it kind of more of a risk? Because I'm I'm looking at Chet Holmgren getting hurt two minutes into this game and thinking, imagine if you were an unsigned high school kid. Like, that's that's pretty dangerous. I'm curious, just kind of your yeah. thoughts on these events. That's true. I mean, I was looking at it from the NBA perspective when we heard about Chet. Um, yeah. But I, to your point, that's a great point. Like, you know, mm-hmm. at least Chet's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, that's always a risk. Um, mm-hmm. I don't – does it enhance your profile? Ah, you know, maybe. Right. I saw the game winner, right? I saw the clip. You know, yeah. that, that maybe that could help with NIL. That probably wouldn't mm-hmm. hurt. You know, sure. now is it going to make your ranking go higher? No, because mm-hmm. the reality is, if you've been to any program, you know that it's almost like they, you know, they check bags, uh, yeah. for weapons at the door. They must check bags for defense at the door because <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. are not contesting any any drives to the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, no. for the reason you said, they're there to just be entertained, the fans mm-hmm. yep. by dunks, and you know, and nobody's to your point trying to get hurt. So mm-hmm. um, it's something people have to weigh out. I know a friend of mine started a. Um, 
a pro-am here in Raleigh. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that has come up. Uh, they luckily have no issues with injury or anything like that. But it's something you're always having in the back of your mind. Sure. And and all it takes is one, Chet Holmgren, and everybody's going, yeah. oh, that could have been me. I'm done. You know, I'm just going to yeah. come and support in my street yeah. clothes, you know, yeah. so. Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show again today. I uh, appreciate the the weekly chats about the upcoming recruits. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more as the summer goes on. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you again to Jason for joining me today. We're going to come back in the second segment, and I'm going to take a look at 247 Sports' updated class of 2023 rankings and what they mean for Gonzaga's current recruiting class and future potential targets in that class. But before we get there... I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but college football and the NFL are just around the corner, while the WNBA playoffs are just getting started and the MLB is not far behind. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines on coaching changes across every major sport, so even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. Jason may be out the door, but we are still talking recruiting here in the second segment. 24-7 Sports released their updated class of 2023 rankings. Tons of player movement. There was some acknowledgement about how this is one of the most difficult recruiting classes for folks to really kind of pin down and rank the players in, in part because of the COVID-19 situation. A lot of these guys are a year behind in terms of AAU development and those kind of things. And so it's a little bit trickier. A lot less eyes have been on some of these kids. So we saw, I, I would suspect, and I didn't go do a bunch of previous research, but my guess is that there's not usually a lot of wild movement in August, the year before a recruiting class is going to start school. But in this situation, we saw a handful of players move quite significantly up and down the rankings including four players who have connections to Gonzaga. We'll start talking about Dusty Stromer, the only so far committed player in the class of 2023. Gonzaga has feelers out on at least five to 10 or so other players that they've been in contact with that we know about. Many guys who have listed them in their, in their top 10, top nine lists. We'll talk about those guys in a second, but for now we know Dusty Stromer's coming to Spokane in September of 2023, more like June or July of 2023. He's going to be in the building. Stromer went from 34th on 24-7 Sports' individual class rankings to 48th. That may look like a fairly significant fall. Certainly 14 spots is not nothing, but Dusty had a really excellent summer performance out on the circuit so I don't think this is anything to be alarmed about it was just other kids who who happened to move up in the rankings less about Dusty actually having any performance issues or any concerns coming into next season when he starts at Gonzaga or the following season I should say uh, he was an EWI EYBL, excuse me, all session team multiple times throughout the circuit. He made the all-star team at the NBPA top 100 camp so to be clear 
top 100 camp means that the 100 best prospects in the class of 2023 were invited to this camp. They picked a 10-man all-star team. Dusty made that team. So he was one of the 10 best players at a camp filled with the top 100 players from that class. Seeing him drop from 34 to 48 with armed with that information eh, feels a little bit silly to me. Clearly, he he played his best. He was one of the best players on the floor while playing against the best players in the recruiting class. Certainly, one camp doesn't define where a player should be in the rankings. But it's worth noting that Dusty didn't really do anything to to merit moving down on the list. I think he's still right in that conversation as a top 40 prospect in the class. He is still ranked in the top 50 for his class. And I think he's got a great chance to continue to move up. He is on a loaded, loaded, loaded high school basketball team. This upcoming season, Notre Dame High School, where he plays in Sherman Oaks, California, they have a very legitimate chance of winning a state championship. His teammates include Caleb Foster, who is a Duke commit in the class of 2023, and a 2024 prospect named Mercy Miller, who is committed to Houston. Duke, Houston, Gonzaga, when you got players from all three committed to go to all three of those schools on your high school program, good luck to everybody else who's going to be playing you. This is going to be a stacked team. Strummer's a fantastic scoring guard. He loves to get out in transition. He's developing as a defensive player, but he's a good shooter. He's a good scorer. Uh, He's good at getting to the rim. I I think he's going to have a fantastic senior season. I'm not worried about the rankings. Gonzaga seems to find a lot of players who are lower ranked than maybe they end up performing in their collegiate career. Corey Kispert was a lottery pick. He was a not a top 100 player in his recruiting class. Julian Strother was not a top 60 player in his recruiting class. I think he was like, maybe he was like 58, 59. So he wasn't a top 50 player. Regardless, he is quite likely going to be a first round pick, potential lottery pick. As well, the Zags have done a fantastic job of identifying players who fit their system, who fit what they like to do on the basketball court. Rankings be damned. They seem to find the right types of guys. Stromer being a top 50 player in a pretty loaded class of 2023 is still an excellent sign that he's going to be a big time contributor for this program when he shows up on campus. A couple other guys I wanted to talk about who have talked about Gonzaga, who potentially could end up committing to Mark Few's program. Next up is Caden Cooper. Cooper took a huge jump on the list. He was 159th on the previous iteration of 24-7 sports rankings. He moved all the way up to 57. That is 100 spots higher than he was previously. A really big jump for a kid who, at the time, I think, before he'd done some of the circuits, was, was considered more of just an athlete. He's a great leaper. He's a great dunker. Can he do anything else? And he has proven throughout the summer circuits, yes. He can. He's a dynamic scorer. He's got some more defensive instincts to his game. He's got some more outside shooting, some touch around the rim, things that I don't know that they'd really been seen all that much prior to this. He's one of those kids that I think the 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 lack of exposure through the COVID-ravaged AAU seasons probably hurt his stock a little bit, but now he's up. Top 60 kid in his class. Uh, Cooper played at Formula Zero. The a camp that was put on by Damian Lillard here in early August in Portland. Hunter Salas was in attendance. A couple other Gonzaga targets, including Zoom Diallo. Carter Bryant, both targets in the class of 2024. They were in attendance. So there's a big Gonzaga contingency at the arena where the camp was held. So really nice to see Caden Cooper 
be a part of that. He still has Gonzaga on his list. He's got a top 10 list. He visited Spokane officially over Hoop Fest weekend, said he loved it, said he loved that the players were treated like gods is the way that he phrased it. Uh, so definitely a kid to keep an eye on here as Gonzaga, again, often find players who who they are in on kind of before everybody else realizes how special they are. And this would be another instance where the Zags reached out early to a kid who maybe wasn't on everybody's radar and might that might be enough to get them an opportunity to get this kid secured to a commitment to Spokane. Next up is Wesley Yates. Yates dropped a little bit on the rankings. He went from 27th to 35th. I don't think that that's a particularly notable move. That's just a few pieces kind of getting moved around a little bit. Uh, Yates has a plan to visit Gonzaga, although a date for that visit has not been set officially, at least as of this conversation. He's had a handful of visits already. He's visited Stanford. He's visited UW. He's visited Auburn. He has planned visits to Texas and LSU as well. Yates is from Texas, high-level scoring guard. I spoke with Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated on a previous episode, not earlier today. And he talked about Yates' high-flying ability, high-scoring ability, and how well it would mesh with what Mark Few and the Zags already do. He'd be an explosive, exceptional athlete to get in Spokane if the Zags could secure it. Again, he's released a top nine. Gonzaga was on the top nine, but he has not done very many of the visits that he's planning to do. So probably still a long ways away from hearing a decision on Yates, but top 35 player in his recruiting class, going to be a very, very good college basketball player wherever he ends up going. And finally, before we close out this segment and the recruiting conversation for the day, I want to talk about center Jacob McFarland. McFarland was not ranked on 24-7 Sports' initial rankings back in the day. He is now 99th to go from unranked all the way into the top 100. Pretty monumental jump for McFarland. Again, another one of those guys that Gonzaga seemed to get in on right before his stock really exploded. Hat, you know, just incredible credit to the coaching staff, to Coach Powell, to Coach Gentry, to Michelson, of course, to Coach Few for for being able to identify these guys. McFarland was pumped when he got a call from the Zags. He was thrilled. He he's, was a big Gonzaga guy, really excited that they reached out, that they showed interest. There's not an official offer on the table from Gonzaga, at least not according to 24-7 Sports or Rivals or any of the other recruiting websites, but there's definitely some mutual interest here on both sides. It makes some sense. If you read the, the scouting report on McFarland, it reads a lot like what you'd expect Chet Holmgren's scouting report to look like. He's very tall. He's very skinny. He's got great ball handling skills. He's a good outside shooter. He's a good rim protector. He needs to put weight on his frame in order to be more successful. That's pretty much Word for word, what you would find on any Chet Holmgren scouting report prior to his time at Gonzaga. Heck, it's still what's on Chet Holmgren's scouting report. It hasn't changed. So for McFarland, he's probably not going to have the kind of potential impact that Chet Holmgren made. Very, very few people can do what Chet Holmgren has done and will continue to do in his career. But a player like that definitely makes some sense for Gonzaga. Certainly they have Braden Huff. They have Ben Gregg. They kind of have, have these prototype guys who are bigger guys who are outside shooters, but neither of those guys have the defensive instincts that that certainly that Chet Holmgren did that McFarland is already being kind of touted as having. So certainly finding more players that fit that archetype of tall ball handling skills, outside shooting and rim protection. That's a really hard package to find all in the same player. And it's no wonder that a guy like McFarland displaying that is enough of a reason for teams to get very, very excited about what he's capable of doing. 
I'm going to come back in the third and final segment of today's show, and we're going to talk a little bit more about some FIBA participants, some former Zags who are going to be participating in some international Olympic competitions this year right after this. All right, segment three, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zags. Switching over to talk about a couple former Zags who are playing in the Olympic setting in the FIBA tournaments that are going on this year. First up, I want to talk about Jeremy Pargo. Jeremy Pargo is going to participate in the AmeriCup. For those of you who have not heard of the AmeriCup, that is understandable. It is the FIBA Americas Region Championship Tournament. It was last held in 2017, so it's not an event we see all that often. Part of the reason that it's kind of off the radar for even the most diehard basketball fans Pargo is one of 11 invitees on this roster who has NBA experience. The Team USA was definitely looking for guys who have played both internationally and in the United States. They wanted players who they think could kind of match both of those styles of play, who can play with the NBA style but can also play a more traditional European style because you're going to want to be able to adjust to that style of play uh, if you move forward in these competitions. A couple other players that, that are names that people recognize, Jody Meeks, Norris Cole, Frank Mason, Patrick McCaw are a couple of the big names on there, and then, of course, Pargo. Pargo fits fits the description of what the what the Team USA is looking for to a T. He's got over 60 games of NBA experience. He's also played overseas in a whole bunch of different places, including Israel, Russia, China, and Italy. He spent seven seasons abroad before coming back and playing in the NBA again at age 33 after not playing in the NBA since, I think, he was 26, something like that. Really nice testament to his just continued ability to to play basketball anywhere, anytime. He'll play. He played in the Big Three tournament. Uh, he's played again professionally overseas, a bunch of different places. He came back and played in the G League. Like he has played a whole lot of basketball in a whole lot of different settings. Uh, this is going to be a fun tournament to follow. The the Team USA is playing Mexico on the second of September. They're playing Venezuela on the fourth. They're playing Panama on the fifth. And the championship, which America, the United States, excuse me, has won seven times. The championship is going to be held on September 11th. So something to keep an eye on for Gonzaga fans as well. And then next up, the three Canadians. There's a 15-man roster for Team Canada was announced. Three former Zags are on the 15-man roster. 20% of Team Canada and the Olympics right now are Gonzaga alumni. Very cool. That is Kelly Olynyk, Kyle Wilcher, and Kevin Pangos. They are all three going to be participating with Team Canada. Uh, a lot of other really good names here. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, O'Shea Brissett, Zach Eady are all going to participate. There's a handful of other names of guys who were on the roster who may participate for Team Canada but are not currently participating with Team Canada. That includes R.J. Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort, Jamal Murray. Very, very talented group of players. Canada's issue has rarely been the amount of talent that they have in the program, in the pipeline. It's getting guys to buy in. That's been an issue that they've run into in the past where some of their best players choose not to play for Team Canada when the Olympics roll around. Ends up hurting their ability to advance further uh, in the tournament than they would like. Uh, Getting the three Zags is huge. Kelly's going to be one of the best players on this team, hands down. There's a reasonable chance that him and Shea Gilgis-Alexander are probably going to be the top two guys, assuming there are not some late changes to the roster. 
I know the Canadians are really hoping to get Dylan Brooks to participate. He would be an incredible addition as well. Add some much-needed thump, some much-needed scoring, somebody who can kind of play that three position. That's an area of need for this team. So if they could get him to play, it'd be in really good shape. But Kelly's going to be a big-time contributor. There's no doubt about this. And, and Wilcher and Pango's probably more role players, more reserves. I think Kevin's probably the backup point guard. Wilcher's a backup four, stretch four caliber player. Both of them are going to contribute. They're going to play for this program without a doubt. But I don't think they're going to have the same level of impact, certainly, that Kelly will. Uh, There's a couple other Zags that could have, in theory, participated here. One of them is Brandon Clark. The expectation is that Brandon Clark chose not to participate. It would be very surprising if the Canadians did not ask Brandon Clark to participate. He would be one of the best players on this roster, but he doesn't really have a a strong tie to Canada. He was not born in Canada. He was not raised in Canada. He is eligible to play for the team, but it makes sense that it's maybe not something that is as important to him as it might be for other people. We haven't heard the full story here, but that is what Many people who are very connected to the Team Canada and very plugged into what is happening with that country's Olympic teams have kind of said, hey, I, we just don't think he's a guy who's ever really going to be a participant for Team Canada in the future, which I understand, to be fair, if you if it's not something you're passionate about and there's a risk of getting hurt and costing yourself. I mean, Brandon Clark's in a contract year right now, so even if he was interested in the future, it definitely makes sense why he's not participating now. There's talks of him getting a 60, 70, 80 million dollar extension. Why on earth would you do anything that could risk getting yourself hurt and cost you that amount of money? Totally makes sense to me that he would not opt to do that. The other player is, excuse me, is Andrew Nembhard. It's unclear at this point whether Nembhard was asked and declined or whether he was, he didn't make the cut for this roster. It could kind of go either way. I think for Nembhard, it makes sense for him to pass or to not be interested in doing it. He's entering his rookie season. You wouldn't want to jeopardize anything before you've played a game. Now he did sign a guaranteed contract for the next four years. I think the first three years of that contract are officially guaranteed. So there's a little bit more security for him if he were to play and were to get hurt that he's going to still get paid. He's not going to lose his potential future earnings. But again, it's possible with Corey Joseph and Kevin Pangos already lined up to be the point guards that Team Canada is maybe viewing Nembhard as a future contributor to their Olympic squad, but not necessarily somebody who's going to contribute right away. And again, it also makes sense for Nembhard to be like, look, I just want to make my NBA debut. I want to make sure that I get there, that I have a successful rookie year. After that, maybe we can have some conversations. So again, not sure who's saying what, but this, it totally makes sense that Nembhard's not a part of the current plan right now, but I could absolutely see him being a big part of the future for Team Canada. All right. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you all for checking out the show. Don't forget to check out the new website for my written content. Everything we talked about today is in written form at scorezagscore.com. Three to four new articles every single day. You can check it out there. Look for more fun stuff coming later this week right here on the Locked on Zags podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Check it out there. Less than 150 subscribers till we get to 1,000. If you are not one of the people who has subscribed just yet, Go ahead and go to youtube.com, search Locked On Zags, and hit that subscribe button. Finally, thank you again for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings by making Locked On Pac 12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac 12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags. <laughs>